everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Brashid Podcast. Today's episode is a very special episode as we're joined by His Grace Marbin Yamin Elia, the Bishop of Victoria and New Zealand. Mar, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me with you guys. Um, I have been following your podcast and I'm very honored and proud to be with you today in this um, in this version or this episode. That's, I believe, the fourth the fourth one yeah. today, right? Yep. Um, and I pray that this will be fourth of, of many. Um, however, before we start, I would just like to say the Lord's Prayer, and I will say it in the Aramaic language. So even for our non-Assyrian speakers, um, I think this will be a, a, an opportunity for them to, to hear the Lord's Prayer in the language that was said by Christ himself. So before we start off with the questions you have for me, I would like to start off with the Lord's Prayer. Definitely, Thank you, Mar. Um, so today's episode is going to be a little different. Um, we So the, the first three episodes were more um, focusing on topics related to Christianity and, and spiritual growth, whereas this topic is more of a um, an insight into the story of someone like you who grew up in the church in Sydney, out of our homeland. Um, as a young as a young um, boy, you grew up um, obtaining your rank slowly, slowly until today, where you're the bishop of um, Victoria and New Zealand. Um, and I and I believe that this will be a very um, motivational video for everyone out there who listens to this story and takes something, um, takes something from this story as an inspiration, maybe, or maybe they have a problem that they're facing, and by listening to your story, it will help them um, get through it. Um, and that's what we hope we can do with this video. Sure. So um, we'll start off with your childhood, Mar. Um, we're going to ask you some questions, and um, we'll we'll see what you have to give us. Not a problem. Go ahead. So the first um, question that we've prepared is: What were some of your earliest moments uh, or memories in church? Well, some of the earliest memories I would have to go back home. And when I say home, I'm talking about Assyria, or today it's known as Iraq, um, because that's where I was born. And the first parish that I attended was the Marodishu Church, St. Abdishu Church in, in Baghdad. And as a young child, my parents took us to church, and church was the main center of our life so our whole life was was built around church and that was during um well sundays and then we had the summertime during summertime where it was school holidays for three months it's not as we have it here in australia every 10 weeks we get two weeks break and then in in january for christmas and january we get the six weeks breaks but over there the summer of Middle East, we used to have three week, three months off. So during those three months, we'll go to church and we'll learn the Assyrian language. 
And obviously with, with that, we learned the prayers and, and we were active even as, as children. I was quite young, but we were still active in, in the church activities. And you know, church was basically built, built in us by, from, from a young age. So these are some of the some of the memories from back home, and when I arrived in Australia, again from you know when I was about eight eight or nine years old, um, I would attend church with with my parents, and at an age of about eleven or twelve, I ended up joining um, Saint Hermes Saint Hermes Cathedral Choir. Um, I think I was one of the youngest members during those times, but I think these were some some of the best memories that we had, um, well, that I've had as a as a child, as a teenager, and not only that, we we also had the church had set up violin lessons with Rabbi Shura, Bible studies. So really, the church in Australia, what we had in Iraq we had here and even more and that was all thanks really to to the works of, of his beatitude marmilas and he catered for for the elderly or the church catered for the elderly for the youth and for for young as well and today i think that has just grown to what you see this arch, archdiocese so um there's been many memories there's been many many memories and many great memories within within the church as during my childhood yeah and mar what gave you this will um to be so involved like was there someone you know telling you constantly you should do this or you should do this or was it more out of your own you know will and where did you get this will from see uh, it always starts from home and parents are really the ones that will instill in their children this love for god and when you have that love for God, then automatically you will have the love for the church as well. Yeah. Um, because that's where you, you grow in your faith. Yeah. It's one thing saying, I love God and I know God, but it's a totally different experience when you're actually part of God's own house, mm -hmm. which is the church. And when I say the church, it's not only the structure, the building of the church uh, within the people which makes the church. Um, so I would say the greatest influence from a young age would be parents. Um, they're the ones that instill in you the, the love of God. And, you know, when you read the book of Proverbs, it says, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they grow older, they will not move away from that way. And I thank God that I had parents that, that gave me that. And then really it was the church. From then on, I think it gets to a stage where parents have done their role and they're just there to support you. But then the church takes over when you reach certain certain age. So you can almost say like your parents planted the seed and then the church was responsible for watering it and nourishing it and absolutely that seed, yeah. Absolutely. So, Maru, you said around 11 or 12 years old, you started in the church choir? Yes. So that was about the time you were in, you started high school? It would have been, yes. Okay, so my, I'd, I'd want to know a bit more. Since you're starting high school and everything's new and you're getting into the church, 
what helped you maintain the balance between the things you saw at school or the things you learned at school and the different worldview and what was presented to you at church? Well, look, I I wasn't, I don't want to, well, I can say privileged, I think, that today our people, or our young young people, they have the privilege to, to join the Assyrian Christian schools. Yep. If it's St. Hermes Assyrian Primary School, if it's St. Nasser Assyrian Christian College, you know, that really is a blessing from God. Unfortunately, during my time, I didn't have that. The school wasn't built. It was in the process, the planning process. You know, the word was out there that we were going to build a school, but I, I didn't have that. Um, I wasn't lucky enough to to be part of it, to learn there. Yeah. Um, whereas today is different. I'm part of the schools, but in a different different role. So I went to a public school here in in Sydney, um, Westfield Sports High School. But I was a public um, student, so I wasn't a sports student. Um, I lived locally. It was always challenging, you know, being being ordained at such a young age as well, um, being in the choir, coming from a Christian family, and then going out there in a in a public school where you have different influences. If it's different group of friends. Um, majority of my friends were Assyrians, so we came from the same background. However, there was always those friends that weren't from the Assyrian background or the Christian background. Um, so in certain aspects of, of schooling years, they would question some of the things. For example, they'll say, oh, let's go today and, and do such and such thing. And, you know, if it was sport or if it was whatever. And I'll say, oh, well, look, I can't. I've got choir practice for church. Most, most of my friends, they took that well. But then you always had some that would question you, you know, and say, why do you need to go to church? Why are you always at church? Um, but again, to me, yes, it was a challenge because there was that constant battle within me you know, my friends, this is what they're saying, but I know this is what's right. So what do I pick? Has it always been an easy decision for me? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, but it is a, it is, it is a, an experience, a learning, a learning. Life is about experience. Um, you learn as you go. You learn from decisions that you make. Sometimes you make good decisions. Sometimes you make bad decisions in life. However, what's important is that you learn from the mistakes that you make. Sure, yeah. um, as long as you learn from those mistakes, and when you make mistakes, you get up and you fix your ways, then that's what matters, really. Yeah. Um, but there were challenges. Yeah. And, and I'm sure even even for you guys being at St. Nase, you have some challenges too. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's not, it's not, I'm not taking anything away from you because mm -hmm. today's challenges are different and being at a Christian school comes with different challenges. Um, however, that you're just more blessed, I think, that you're surrounded yeah. yep. by 
are the right people and in the right environment. Definitely. And I think more what you said, um, you had the challenge of these conflicting, these conflicting parts of your life, and many people I think have that today where they they want to invest time into the church and being close to God, but they're also stuck with worldly things. Mm. And I think, like you said, it's prioritizing. You prioritize your choir practice and your your church over your friends or over what you had at school. Mm. And I think that's something we can take them that personally. Absolutely. And, and, you know, now looking back, do I regret any of those decisions where I picked church over, for example, uh, a friend's birthday party? Absolutely not. You know, I, I'm thankful and I thank God that I did make those decisions because that built me up and that prepared me for for the person that I am today and all for the glory of God. Yep. And some people, Mar, um, when you speak about making the right decisions, um, like in, in, in a general um, conversation, some people think that um, by making the right decisions, always not going to soccer or not doing this or not doing that always you know 100 uh, 24 hours a day seven days a week uh, learn reading the bible going to church and that's a misconception i think um what can you say about the balance between these two things absolutely look i had that social life as well i did play soccer i played for a team um however i always tried to prioritize the church and the rest of these social activities that I had I will build them to make sure that they're not conflicting with the times that I'm at church I'll give you a a perfect example once I was there was trials and I was a shamasha back then I was only young but I was a shamasha and I went and tried out for this particular team which I won't be mentioning and it was a higher division I did make the team but the coach came to me and said you know our games are on Sunday mm. Sunday morning yep. um, so would that be okay with you and I said well look Sunday mornings I have church I can't make it and he said well you got to pick between a church or soccer because you can't have both and I that's when I left it. Mm. I said, well, no, church is more important. Um, soccer, I can always play for a lower division, mm. you know, and it was always, it was never my intention to become a, a superstar one day, a <laughs> soccer superstar, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't. But I think it was mostly um, that enjoyment and at the same time, you know, to stay healthy and, yeah. and yeah. fit. For yeah. sure. And speaking about... Um, how you balanced um, the influences that came from school um, by making the right decisions and you put that focus towards the church and prioritize the church. Did you ever, as a, as a child, as a young child, imagine yourself in the position you are today as a, a bishop of Victoria and New Zealand? Look, um, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. If I was to say to you that from a young age I had in mind that one day I would become a bishop I'll be lying to you Mm. Um, but I always saw when I was at church from a young age 
really I always saw the prelates of our church as angels on earth. I did see that. And I remember very clearly when, for example, the late His Holiness Mardenha would be coming um, as a child and when I joined the choir and he would be walking in and we'll be saying the Slutach Awan, you know, the welcoming of prelates and especially when it was Mardenha coming in. And I used to think, wait, I can't even look in his face. I have to put my head down. You know, it was just that respect that I had for for our prelates and and those who who served in the church, even if they were deacons or if they were if they were priests. So I I never would have thought that I was worthy to one day take the position that I am in today, the position of of the bishop. But you know thinking about it now it, i can't help myself but refer to the verse from corinthians 1 corinthians chapter 1 verse 27 which i would i'd like to to read out saint paul writes but god has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise and god has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And really, looking at it today, I think God has chosen me as the weak person that I am, the weak thing that I am, to use me as a weak person to show His greatness. Not because I'm good, not because I'm better than everyone else, I'm not, but God uses the weak to show His greatness. He used fishermen, people that weren't educated, but then they gave knowledge to the world. So today, that's how, personally, that's how I see it myself. Um, but again, look, I've always enjoyed serving in whatever, whatever role I had in the church. If it was cleaning the kanke, the altar, if it was cleaning around the church, if it was choir, um, if it was being a deacon, being a Bible study leader when I was a shamasha, when I became a priest, and today it's still feeling that same feeling. I think it's still the same feeling and I've always tried my best to to fulfill the the ranking or the position whatever it was to to fulfill it to the best of my ability for the glory of God. Amen. Yeah. Definitely more. Mar, with your with getting your first rank um you were were you approached to say we'd like you to take the rank? I was. Yeah. I was, yeah. So what what um sealed it for you to say i'm gonna i'm gonna take on the rank and enter the priesthood what made it like because obviously beforehand you go through the thought process and wondering how it's going to affect my life so what sealed it for you to say i'm going to take on that rank andrew to be honest i took it um 
See, I was I was 15 years old when I was ordained elector. I had just turned 15, actually. Um, and I remember I was in choir upstairs, St. Hermes, and I had um, Shamasha, the late Shamasha Ammon, Emmanuel. He came behind me and he tapped me on, on my shoulder. He said, can you please come downstairs? It was very strange, you know. And I went down and I was I was asked by by Kasha and said, you know, Marmilis would like to ordain you a lector. But we'll come to your house, speak to your parents, and then we'll take it from there. They ended up speaking to my parents. Kasha came to my house on behalf of his beatitude, Marmilis, and he spoke to my parents. My parents said, look, it's not up to us. It's, it's up to him. He makes that decision. And I didn't think twice about it. Um, because as I, as I said earlier, every role that I had, I took it, I took it on and I tried to do the best of my ability. And I thought, well, this was just another blessing from God. I'm not worthy of it. But if, if it's God's calling, I will say, here I am, Lord, use me. And that's what happened. That's what happened. And I, I said yes. And I think it was the best yes that, I, yeah. that I've ever, <laughs> ever said in my life. Yeah. yeah. Um, and speaking about um, the calling from Christ or the calling from God to serve, um, it uh, it's not always, you know, to be called to be um, a ranked person or to get a rank. Um, what can you say about those who have a different calling, you know? Um, a calling that's different to, you know, becoming a shamasha mm. or a calling that's different to being in the choir. Mm. Um, what other callings can people um, be involved in and still serve in the mm. church? See, Christ, Christ has called us all to his kingdom. The calling, when I say calling, it's not only related to those who take a ranking in the church, because every single one of us has a different calling. Every single one of us has a different gift that God has given us. There are those who speak well. Not necessarily they have to become a priest or a bishop or a deacon to preach to others about Christ. There are those who have a, a very technical mind where they, from the, you know, in the background, they will bring all these equipment, for example. I'll just use this as a very simple example. Yep. Equipment, cameras, videos, and to organize this beautiful screening of someone else that's preaching. See, personally, I'd be hopeless at organizing a camera and sound and making sure everything is working fine. I'm not perfect at that, and I wouldn't be even good at that. Yeah. Um, but there are others who can do that job. That's still service. Just because they're not the one speaking in front of that camera, it doesn't mean that their job is not important, is not significant. And you have others that can contribute in different ways. 
you know. Everyone, see the Saint Saint Paul says, the church is is like the body, with different members. The hand cannot say to the leg, I don't need you. We can't say to eyes, we don't need you. And that's how it is within the church too. Everyone has a different role, different calling, okay? Um, but we just have to really have that inner peace, know God, and genuinely ask Him and say, Lord, here I am. What is your purpose for me? What is my calling? And He will reveal to you. He will reveal to you through opportunities. Someone might come and knock and say, Shamasha, can you please do this? We need it because someone is preaching this day and we really need this person to organize this for us. Someone would go to Andrew. Someone would go to Shaheen and say, this is what we need. And today, you guys are running this podcast. You're not inside Anke, but does this mean this is not important? No, it is important because you're preaching the Word of God. So you can preach through words. You can preach through your actions. Just your lifestyle can be a way of preaching. And you can preach by your service in different ways. Definitely, Mario. And speaking about St. Paul, um, who would have thought someone who persecuted Christians and, you know, he was satisfied about persecuting Christians, like it was something that he was passionate about, um, to go on and, like we've said before, become one of the most influential figures after Christ in the history of humanity. Yeah. So um, out of nowhere, God can, you know, call. And then when you understand that this is God calling, um, I think it's very hard to refuse that calling because because the peace that that calling gives you, like you said, um, it just it's life changing, really. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and speaking about your ministry and your calling and your service to the church, did you have any problems that you um, faced during your ministry as a lector, as a shamash or as a priest? Um, and what did you do to overcome these problems? Sure. Look, problems. There are always problems. Um, I have faced problems. And even though really the majority of our people are very faithful, are very supportive, but sometimes you will do certain things that there will be those who will say, well, I'm not happy with this. I don't agree with this. Yeah. They will challenge you too. You know, they will approach you, they will speak to you, and they might go and and spread and try to get support. For example, I'm just using this as an example. Um, even though the majority of our people really are fantastic, they're faithful, but you will always have those challenges. Um, the way you overcome any challenge that comes your way is you always ask yourself this question. With this action that I took, or I'm about to take, am I pleasing God with it? 
Is God going to please be pleased with me? If you can confidently answer that question and say, yes, God will be pleased, then go ahead. Go ahead. Because even though you'll have one or two people that will go against what you decided, but you'll see that the majority of the people will be happy because you're doing God's will, not man's will. When you do God's will, perhaps 90% might then and there turn against you. But then eventually they will see that no, this was the right decision and they will come and follow. So challenges, yes, there are many challenges apart from the internal challenges, you know, um, because working in the church, again, it's, it's not something easy. It's, it's beautiful. It's, it's the closest thing that you can have or you can feel the closest thing to heaven, to the kingdom of God, is being in the church, is being part of the church, because really it is the closest thing. Yeah. It's part of heaven, but on earth. That's what the church is. Yeah. Part of heaven, but on earth. So imagine that fullness of the kingdom of God. When you enjoy it so much here on earth, and I encourage, I encourage young people like yourselves to come and experience this feeling. Words won't do it justice. We can sit here and talk about how good it is when we serve in the church, you know, how satisfying it is. But I think it's never enough. We're never able to really portray that feeling that's that's within us until someone comes and experiences it themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and that only helps us to grow our our love for God and to see that end destination, that final goal, final place that we want to be in. And if this is beautiful service within the church, imagine what God has prepared for us. Yeah, definitely. Martin, in line with that, how you're saying we can't do it justice enough by speaking. I think we, we underestimate that the Holy Spirit portrays to us feelings beyond this earth. Yeah. It, it brings down, the Holy Spirit brings down attributes from the kingdom of heaven through the church given to us like through the sacraments and also through when we come together as a church there is a presence of god there absolutely and i think that's important when when we say we can't describe it because we can't describe god so why would that's you right. describe his feeling that's yeah. right where two or three are gathered in my name i am there with them yeah in the church sometimes we have a thousand people yeah yeah so christ is always present on that more um with keeping that motivation and desire, um, us as Christians, we are humans, we fall, um, we are tempted. Um, sometimes we get cold, we fall away, we turn away from church. Um, can you give us some words of advice or some things to help us through how to get back to how we were before or how to be stronger in our faith than when we started? See, as I mentioned earlier, you always look at the end goal. What are you trying, where are you trying to get to? If you look just a step ahead of you, you won't be able to see the end. 
you won't be able to see what you're trying to where you're trying to reach our main thing is we grow in the love of God and in faith to eventually spend eternity with God in his kingdom along that way there will be times where you will fall but as long as you don't lose sight of the end and the end could be tomorrow when I say the end the end of this life it could be tomorrow am I promised tomorrow no no Saint Saint James says life is like vapor today it's the the next minute it's gone so you fall behind again look towards God don't lose sight don't be discouraged because on this particular day you made a bad decision and now I've I've lost my track and I've fallen away don't that's not what God wants from us God wants us to get up again and keep going and you will fall again as long as you've been consistent you get up and you keep going and going and going and always some might think you know Marvin Yaman's been a bit um, negative in this but when you read from the spiritual fathers of the church for example Saint Isaac of Nineveh which personally is, is one of my favorite spiritual um, writers and he's one of the fathers of the church Maras um, Saint Isaac and others as well who write about spirituality they would always say keep death in front of your eyes why? it's because sometimes we need that as a reminder to keep us in track you know because if you don't think of death you think you can live forever we as humans sometimes think we're immortal that's like right, we're never yeah. gonna die we're gonna, just gonna keep growing and getting older and living and gaining and that's right or as as young people we could say well i'm 35 i still have another 40 50 years <laughs> yeah but when you read what Saint James is saying, Yaqul, life is like a vapor. So I better be prepared for what's coming, for when it comes. Death is like a thief. It's always knocking. It can knock at any time. And as one of the madrasha we have during funeral service, this is what my current studies is on, on the funeral service um, one of the madrasha is saying there's there's a dialogue between the angel and and that soul that's that's been taken and the soul is saying you know leave me leave me a bit more and it's pleading with the angel to give it a bit more time but the angel Mara, he didn't hear those, that pleading. He didn't listen to it. And he started to separate that soul from, from that body. So even with us, 
It could be any time. You know, again, to keep us in in check, we remember death, but not only that, if we continue to grow in the love of God, then as soon as you walk away, a little bit away from that love of God, you will feel lost and you'd want to come back in this comfort and in this love and care that our Heavenly Father continues to give to those who, who walk in His in His ways in righteousness and in holiness. Yeah. I think that ties in with what we said a couple of episodes ago. Even though we might fall away, God's, God will never forsake us. He's always there wanting to pull us back. Absolutely. Even to the point where He gave His own Son. Absolutely. And that's that's one of the greatest acts He could have done for us when Absolutely. we were not worthy of it. The prodigal son. Yeah. The father was always there waiting. Always there waiting. When would this son come back? And when he came back, it was the father that went without the son even asking for an apology. But the son had a plan. He thought to himself, this is what I'll do. Okay, I, I sinned against my father. But I will go and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. Don't accept me as your son, but as one of your servants. See, he had a plan. Even us, when we fall away, we need to think of a plan on how we will get back up and go back to our father. And where do we find our father? We find our father in the church. We get back in the life of the church. And where do we have this dialogue between as that son was planning to have with his father, but the father automatically hugged him and he said, you know, bring the robe, bring the ring, bring in new shoes. When did he have that? When do we have that dialogue? It's when we confess. The prayer of absolution, confession, which is one of our answers, which I'm yep. sure one day you will cover. I'm sure we will, yeah. Um, confession we confess father we have sinned and god forgives he's 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 loving yeah he's caring and he forgives not only forgives but he forgets it too yeah and the beautiful thing is to know on our spiritual journeys um no matter what we might what might pull us astray or no matter what sin we do we can always keep in mind that um when we want to come back christ has already paid for our sins yeah and on the cross when he died all the sins were past, present, and future were paid for. That's right. So as long as we have that that willingness, that desire to to come back to God, He will always accept us with His open arms. He will Absolutely. never say no. Absolutely. However, we should not take advantage of Christ's yeah. loving, caring, and being a forgiving Father. Definitely. I think St. Paul says, um, if grace abounds, he's asking a question, if grace abounds, should we sin? And he says that should not be. And I think because if mm. you have that mentality, you haven't understood the love of God. Yeah. You haven't you haven't understood the sacrifice. Mm. It's to say, okay, I'm going to go sin again, even though it's been paid for. It's saying, I understand you did that, but um, I'm gonna go this way a bit, and then I'll come back. But mm. I think as Christians, sin is against God, and mm. if we're the children of God, it's something we shouldn't desire. We want to stay with God and knowing that he's paid for our sins, but also following him and, and following his command. Absolutely. St. Paul says that um, as humans, some people might say, oh, we're humans, we sin. Mm. 
But St. Paul says in his epistles to the Romans, we should be, sin is foreign from us. That's sin right. is something that should be, shouldn't be a part of us. That's but right. because of our corrupt nature, mm-hmm. we do fall into sin. Yeah. But it, the, case, the actual fact is that we shouldn't, you know, take this as a normal thing. Sin That's isn't right. something normal. It might happen, yes, but it's not normal. That's right. And we must always, you know, try to avoid. And how? Through his son, That's Jesus right. Christ. Um, because we're made in the image and likeness of God. Yep. So we're made good, but it's just we decide to become yep. corrupt. And that's what happened from the very beginning Yeah. with Adam and, and Eve. It's all a decision. Um, yeah. It's free, free will, like you said. Everything um, uh, to do with Christianity or to do with the church is all free will. There's no pressure or force um, from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, when God created Adam and Eve, he gave them free will. He said, do not eat of the of the tree, but it was free will. They chose to um, go and eat of it. He, he didn't mm. stop them as they were about to eat it because it's free will. Same with the church. When you want to serve, it's all free will. You That's choose right. um, depending on your gift and depending on the calling from God. And you know why he gave them that free will? Because of his love. Yep. You can't force love. That's right. You can't pay someone to love you. You yeah. can't force them to love you or threaten them because yeah. it's not legit then. So even with us, when we serve in the church, it's because of our love for God. And because we have that love for God, we love to serve in His church and to serve one another. Yep. And it all comes from our faith. Absolutely. That's, that's the root of everything that comes um, out of us. Faith brings out the, good, the goodness out of us. Absolutely. Um, and we, if we don't have that goodness, then we should question ourselves. Do I really have that faith? What's the purpose of life if we don't have god if we don't have that faith really there is no purpose there is no purpose i mean it's good to have ambitions and you want to have a good career and but if you look beyond that that's important but what's more important than that your eternity that's it if you don't have that so what if i have an excellent career but if i don't have god what's the point one day that will come to an end A nice saying is uh, a rich man and a poor man, no matter how much the rich man has built on earth and all the houses and cars he has and the poor man, they both end up six foot um, under. That's right. And that's what one of the, again, one of the madrasha says, he says, come and see. When when the casket is being lowered, the madrasha that's read during that time, it says, come and see. There is no difference between a king and a slave, a rich man and a poor man. There's no difference. We're all the same. But what sets us apart, what makes us rich, is our faith in Christ. And it's our good deeds to people, to serve in the church and to serve one another. Definitely, Mar. Um and before we end, Mar, do you have anything that you'd like to add or mention um, for the people that are listening or viewing to summarize everything today? Well, firstly, I would, I would just like to thank you for giving me this opportunity. Thank, thank you, Mar, for, for coming being, on. Um, and I, I'm really, I know, I hope you don't edit this out. No, no. no. But I'm really proud of the three of you. Even though Shaheen is on the sidelines today, but I know he's he's a member of this group. I just I took his seat today. <laughs> and that's why he he wasn't able to participate. Yeah. 
Um, however, I'm, I'm really proud of the three of you. And I pray and hope that people that are your generation, younger than you, older than you, will look at you as an example. And I'm also proud to say that this is a great example of the works that are being done in the church here in Australia and in the Assyrian Christian schools that we have. This is being filmed in a in a Assyrian Christian school as well. Yeah, that's right. This yeah. is you're you're using the yeah. facilities yeah. of the Assyrian <laughs> Christian schools, Saint Nase. So I'm 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 really proud of you and continue the great work that you're doing. It will be challenging. It's not going to be all a nice walk in the park. It won't be. It's challenging, but as we mentioned, always remember what's what's your end goal? Where do you want to get to? Always remember that and that will keep you focused. Always try to please God. And when you please God and then you look back in your life in another 50, 60, 70 years, when you've always tried to please God, you will never have regrets. You will make some bad decisions in life. But as long as we learn from those experiences and we move ahead, then I think everything will be fine. So God bless you. And, and I pray and hope that all those who are listening, um, you're encouraged by, by these episodes that are being run by people that are your age, younger than you, older than you. It doesn't matter. Age doesn't matter. It's it's all about the Word of God being preached. God bless yeah. you. And I hope um, that the listeners were inspired by your story um, and how you um, grew up in the church and that personal feeling that you shared with us today, Mar, um, I think it will be beneficial for everyone that was listening to take something um, and give them that desire you know, to um, to work. and. It's all about uh, making do with what we have and making do with what we have to glorify God. Amen. No matter what position we can be put in, um, whether we have that, that rank or um, if we don't have that rank or if we're not tied um, to the church, we can still make do with what we have and glorify God. Um, and that's the beauty of the church. Even though we're not, we might not be tied to the church, that church is always open to accept us and make us all one members of Christ's body. Absolutely. Um, Amen. And I'd, before, like to, yeah. I'd like to end off um, by saying thank you, Mark, for coming on, taking time out of your schedule. Um, and it's really been helpful for, helpful to us to see someone more advanced within their ministry, to see how we can get advan- um, examples from that. And like Isha said, hopefully other people get inspired by that. Um, so anything else we got yeah, to say? Yeah, so this isn't the last time you're going to see Mar Yamin mm-hmm. um, yeah. on our podcast. Um, we're planning a a series with Mar on the Raza Explained, which I'm sure everyone will be um, interested to hear um, from Mar. Um, it's a nice topic to talk about, especially knowing that it's such a deep topic. Um, we can sit here for months, years, <laughs> if we talk about uh, I every... I Mar wants to do that. No. <laughs> Absolutely. Mar will get sick of us by the end of it. Um, but well, I have been since you were in primary school, yeah. some of you, like Andrew, Shaheen. <laughs> And then you joined in high school. Yeah. So, so far you guys are doing well. Yeah. I haven't 
said, you know, I'm, I'm, I've had it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we'll continue. No, yeah. God willing. That's I'm good. more than happy to, to help out. Once again, Mar, I'd like to thank you for joining us. Um, and thank you f- to our viewers and listeners for um, tuning in today's podcast. Um, we hope you can share um, to get to other people. Um, and that's a part of the ministry, really, sharing with other people that may not have heard about God or our church or Christianity in general. Um, mm. That one share can make a difference. Absolutely. It can plant a seed within someone that God will assist in nourishing and growing um, and change that person's life. Um, and we all have that, um, that not responsibility, but that free will to do, to do that. Um, thank you guys for listening um, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you guys. Thank you.